Hey, this is Greg McAfee, and welcome to The Greg McAfee Show. Now let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to The Greg McAfee Show, where we discuss steps to successful entrepreneurship, how to take your business to new heights, and ultimately follow your dreams. Today, we're going to be discussing the truth about debt. Now, if you listen to me regularly, last week I said we were going to be discussing why a small business needs to brand. But I've changed my mind. I'm doing a podcast um, on Facebook Live, and we're going to be talking about reducing debt and prospering. So, if you're a business owner or a manager business and you join the uh, the Facebook Live, you've got to join Iron Sharpens Iron Business Roundtable uh, to get to that. So feel free to join. I'll let you in. And uh, we discuss, uh, it's iron sharpening iron. It's other people sharpening each other uh, to be more successful. So that was a lot of information there. But... Um, with me putting the content together for Tuesday morning, I said this is very important because there are there's so many myths about handling money and uh, our finances that I just wanted to bring some out. Um, so first of all, I uh, started McAfee Heating and Air in 1990. Um, I was 20, almost 27 years old. And I, uh, a, a year or a year, year and a half before that, um, I basically became a Christian. And uh, when I became a Christian, uh, my life changed. And uh, I, uh, before I became a Christian, I handled my money very poorly. Um, I made a lot of money. I always worked two jobs, but I spent more than I made and I was in debt. And it was miserable. It's a miserable lifestyle. Um, And so I changed. Um, I started listening to a guy by the name of Larry Burkett. Um, He was on um, the radio mostly, and he had a program called Christian Financial Concepts, which fast forward to today, it's it's now called Crown Ministries, uh, Crown Financial Ministries. Uh, but Larry was also the Dave Ramsey of the late 80s and 90s. And uh, Larry was very wise uh, when it came to handling money, wrote several books. First business book I ever read by Larry was Business by the Book. And Business by the Book taught uh, financial principles, uh, biblical financial principles of running a business from um, paying your suppliers, paying your employees, firing employees, um, and so on. And I learned a lot. This is the original copy. Um, Long story short, but we did some remodeling and we bought a a very large um, cube trailer to store stuff in while we were remodeling. probably been 10 years ago, maybe 13 years ago now. And uh, 
We had a pond, a retention pond next to our building, and for the first time ever, the pond flooded, came up into the storage box I had and wiped out hundreds of books that I had in cardboard boxes. You can see on the back, um, you can't see too good, but this book survived the flood, and I was glad it did because it... uh, it made um, it helped me to be who I am today in business. Uh, I've read it several times since then. Larry also wrote many other books on handling finances, so I'm going to refer to Larry a lot today, and uh, and I'm going to refer to myself a lot today. I probably do that anyway. I mean, it's it's uh, it's what I know is true, and I and I know I can refer to it uh, because it's worked for me. And uh, so I'm safe to use myself in some of these. But anyway, you talk about the truth about debt. You know, we're all brainwashed in some sort of way about money. And I'm going to go over a few of those today. Uh, The myths of um, money, about money. We have a preoccupation with money. Money fascinates us. Everybody wants more, right? Um, John D. Rockefeller was the wealthiest person um, until just recently, really, today. Um, He was worth, in today's money, somewhere pretty close to $360 billion. And, uh, you know, you've got um, some people getting close to that, and maybe some have went over that a little bit. However, um, he was. He said one time, how much is enough? He was asked the question, how much money is enough? And his answer was, just one more dollar. Um, I, uh, I also read his book, The Titan. Uh, again, I recommend that book, The Titan. It's a good book. Um, but Larry uh, taught that money is a training ground for God to develop and for us to discover our trustworthiness. And uh, he, uh, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous mammon, who will entrust you in true riches? And that's, that can be found in Luke 16. Um, if, if, you, if someone wants to manage their money better, here's what has to happen. Um, they have to um, reduce debt or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If somebody wants to handle their money better or reduce debt or become debt-free, it's mandatory that they transfer ownership. Now, what do I mean by that? Transfer ownership. You mean give it all away? Well, kind of. But to transfer ownership um, in this case means you have to realize that God owns it all. And if he doesn't own it all right now in your life, then you need to transfer ownership back to him because he made everything anyway, and he made you, and he made the earth, and he made every dollar that's out there, and it all belongs to him. We're just um, a steward of his property, and a steward is one who manages another person's resources, and each of us are managers. We're managers of God's property. God has allowed us, whether 
It's it, whatever you have, what, whatever your resources are, God has allowed you to have those resources. So you are put in charge of managing those resources. And I believe, according to the Bible, that we're all going to be held accountable for how we manage the resources that God gave us. So we're not owners. It's not mine. It's, it's God's. And we just manage it. And when you have that um, mindset and you believe that God owns it all and all you do is manage it, it really takes a lot of pressure off your life because you're just managing it. And yes, there's a lot of pressure to manage. Don't get me wrong. There's there you have to manage something. Um, it's there is there's pressure, but there's not as much pressure as owning it. And so we are to manage according to God's plan. Um, all the promises God has made regarding his blessings in this area are predicated on the principle that we relinquish ownership. If we refuse to do so, we can never experience God's plan for our finances. So if you're still hanging on and it's all yours, you're probably a miserable individual. You're probably frustrated in some way uh, because you're still trying to manage. I know when I, or not manage it, but you're still trying to own it. And I know when I owned it, I didn't do too well. When I owned everything and, and managed it, I didn't do too well. But I, when I relinquished it to God and said, this belongs to you anyway, now I'm just going to manage it. And I'm going to manage it according to your principles. Um, I've got a leadership Bible up here. I shouldn't say that, but this, this book has a lot of God's principles in it from the Bible. But when I said, I'm going to um, now manage it according to your biblical principles, um, a lot of stress was relieved. Freedom came in and I just, be, I just became, it was all new and it was, it was fun and it wasn't stressful anymore. And, you know, using a credit card was fun because I knew I was going to pay it off every month. And I could, I could chalk up as much as I wanted within reason because my, I knew I was going to pay it off every month or I wouldn't charge. If I knew I couldn't afford it, then I wouldn't charge it anymore. That's a new concept today. So, but that's how I handled my money very poorly when I was in charge. And as a consequence from that, there was just a lot of turmoil and anxiety about money. Because I told my wife the other day, I remember when we were dating and I, and I went to use a credit card, it was just like, I got to use this credit card in order to buy this of what I wanted because I didn't have any more cash in my pocket. So, But I knew when that bill came due, I wasn't going to have the money to pay it because I was strapped. I was in debt. I was strapped. The money was already accounted for. I wasn't going to have the money. So it caused me stress, but I bought it anyway because I wanted it. All right. Now here's a couple myths. Here's a couple myths that um, we buy into, many believe. 
Um, myth number one, debt is unavoidable and not a problem to God just as long as, as we pay it back and maintain good credit. Well, Scripture um, doesn't prohibit lending. First of all, let me say that. Scripture doesn't prohibit lending it's, um, or borrowing, but it does teach that debt is a form of bondage since it makes the borrower a slave to the debt payment itself. And that you can find that in Proverbs 22, 7. So it's, um, there's nothing that says thou shall not borrow or thou shall not lend. That's a law. But it does give good guidance or good teaching about avoiding debt at all cause. Um, so just because we are told that debt is unavoidable, um, that doesn't mean it's true. Now, and I guess I, I will say I couldn't teach this if I was strapped in debt. I've, I've talked about this many times on this show about I've been debt-free. My wife and I have been debt-free personally since 2011 when we cut that last check. Uh, I forget what it was, but we, we got it down to 80-some thousand and we wrote a check to pay off that house. And... Um, we paid off our house and everything. We were 100% personally debt-free in 2011. And then 2016, McAfee Heating and Air, we became debt-free in business as well. And boy, you talk about freedom. And we've been debt-free ever since. Um, now, number two myth is God has promised to take care of us so um, we don't have to worry about money. There are people that believe that. But God's promises to take care of his children, he also instructs us to take responsibility and action for our situation. And you can find that in Proverbs 10. Um, but it also means uh, being responsible for finances. We have to do our part and manage it as well. Myth number three. There is good debt and bad debt, and it's okay to have the good stuff. Um, you know, I believe it was Dave Ramsey that said, if you're in debt, you don't have the freedom to use your money the way you want, regardless of if you think it's there's good debt or bad debt. And basically what this is talking about is most people think that a home loan is good debt because you get to write it off. Well, I haven't had a home loan in 11 years and my tax situation hasn't changed any. I, I am able to give more. I'm able to do a lot of different things for, for taxes. I'm not even concerned about that at all. A lot of people keep certain things for taxes. And that's another story too. And I'm not an accountant, so I'm not going to get too deep into that. But I can tell you personally, for 11 years, we haven't had a house payment um, and paid any interest on anything for 11 years. My tax situation hasn't changed much other than how it's changed for basically being able to prosper and make more money. 
So um, I like that, though. If you're in debt, you don't have the freedom to use your money the way you want to. You're in debt. Myth number four, debt is a tool and should be used to help create prosperity. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of wealthy people that don't use debt to prosper. Probably more than you think. Now there are some that do. And I have some friends that use debt. They manage the debt. But let me tell you something, folks. Those people are extremely rare. De they don't use debt the way common the common folk does about getting in debt. They're not using the debt. And besides that, most of them that I know have the money at any time to pay off that debt. So that's a totally, that's one to 2% of the population that's able to use debt to make more money. And it's it doesn't happen as much in the wealthy crowd as you would think. That's a myth. Again, these are myths. Number five. Poverty is next to spirituality. Uh, wrong. Um, there is no inherent virtue in poverty. There are dishonest poor people and there are dishonest rich people. And it's, there's no, if you're poor, you're not closer to God um, as, as a rich Christian would be. Okay. If you're not close to God, it's your own fault, regardless of if you're poor or rich. Okay, number six. This is a good one. Money brings happiness. Well, you would think so. And I'll tell you what. I love uh, Miss K on uh, Duck Dynasty. And she says, I've been dirt poor and I've been filthy rich and I'm much happier rich. Um but there's no relationship between money and happiness. There's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of poor people that are unhappy and there's a lot of rich people that are unhappy. There's poor people who commit suicide. There's rich people who commit suicide. And if riches could bring happiness, then the wealthy of the earth ought to be the most content. Instead, they have anxieties, um, over what they're going to do with what? Their money, okay? So for a lot of people, money caused problems. That's, that's why I always say, you know, the people that hit the lottery, millions of dollars, on average, uh, within seven years, they're broke. Because if they couldn't handle the small amount, they're not going to handle the large amount. So that's what always gets me. People say, why don't um, Elon Musk give um, all his money and, and provide for the poor of the world. Well, he could if he wanted to. But why don't you take your money and provide for one poor person in the world? Because if you won't do it with the little you have, you're not going to do it if you had his money either, in order to be fair. Okay, so number seven, being wealthy is a sin. False. As a matter of fact, many times when God finds someone with a proper attitude, he blesses them with riches. And God uses money um, in the Bible many times 
to to prosper people um, when he finds someone with a great attitude and able to handle what he's giving them. Number eight, God uses money in our lives to worry us. I've never heard that before, but it, I found out that 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 is a thing. And uh, so God does not use money in our lives to worry us. If a Christian is worried, frustrated, and upset about money, then God is not in control of that person's life or what that person has. So, you know, this whole thing has to do with if if you're not a Christian, a lot of this stuff is, I'll be honest with you, If before I was a Christian, let me say this, before I was a Christian, a lot of this stuff did not make sense. It just didn't make sense. You know, I when I became a Christian and accepted Jesus in my life, in my heart, then he showed me what needed to make sense. I didn't have to, I didn't really have to go out and, and look hard for it. He brought it to my attention. He brought finances to my attention and let me know you have a problem with finances. I don't want you miserable. Here's what you need to do to handle your finances better. And with that, uh, give it to me. Let me own it. You manage it. I'll teach you how to manage it and we'll go from there. It's been great ever since. And that was a long time ago. So once we accept our role as stewards, managing someone else's property, um, according to God's direction, he will entrust more and more to us. However, God won't entrust property to us if, if he knows we're just going to hoard it. So there's two sides to this. You know, first of all, you've got someone who spends everything they make and um, never has a dime. Um, and then you've got someone that saves everything, hoards everything, won't help anyone, won't give anything away. Um, do you think either one of those are any worse to God? No, they're both they're both wrong. And um it's what Larry Burkett used to say that if you're too poor, you'll be tempted to steal. And if you're too rich, you'll be tempted to hoard. And so God's not going to entrust anything to us if he knows we're going to hoard it um, or if we're going to spend it all. So um, God will entrust to us that which is within our own ability and not beyond it. So you probably, we probably have the amount that we're supposed to have that God trusts us with um, within our own ability and not beyond it. God, God is the owner and has the right to recover what he has given us to manage. So God can give it and God can take it away at any time. And if it's his, it shouldn't matter. It's his, right? You've got to believe it's his. God is the owner and it's his. And he also thoroughly disapproves of slothfulness on our part and expects 
multiplication of the assets he leaves us. That's biblical. He gave the talents to three different people. Two of them handled it well and went out and made money on it or doubled it, and one buried it. And we all know results. wasn't too good for the guy that buried it. He hoarded it. He buried it. And um, so the multiplication is to be achieved according to ability, according to our ability that God has given us. God will not allow Christians to hoard money. As soon as money is starting to be hoarded, it starts in the heart. As soon as money is starting to be hoarded, it, it won't be long. You won't have any money left to hoard or things or anything else. There is a distinct difference between saving and hoarding. And the writer of Proverbs said, uh, paraphrasing, Lord, I ask but two things from you. First, help me to never tell a lie. Second, give me um, neither riches nor poverty, because in poverty I might steal, and in my riches I might become too content uh, without you. That's in Proverbs 38 and 9. So good stuff. Hoarding can evolve into a trap. It is possible to see others in need and ignore them rather than abandon a hoarding plan. Unfortunately, those trapped by hoarding will rationalize their behavior with arguments that contradict God's word, just like these myths I talked about today. Um, a lot of people think it's okay to have debt because it's the only way you can get a write-off. And a lot of people think that um, they're more spiritual if they're poor. Okay, both of those are wrong. Okay, and um, again, handling your money, there are many parables Jesus talked about in the Bible about handling money. And I believe there are more parables about money than heaven and hell combined. Okay, so he knew money was going to be important to us, how we handled it. It, it really does show the relationship we have with God. And um, Larry did a great job in his books and in his word um, preaching and teaching the this matter of money. And um, I just want to say, um, after three decades of, of fruitful ministry, Larry went to be with the Lord July 4th in 2003, and he is uh, missed today, Missed today, but a lot of his stuff still continues on. His books still sell, and um, like I said, Crown Financial Ministry now owns the, uh, his, uh, he partnered with them right before he died, actually, and uh, I felt that was a God thing. I listened to him a lot back then. Uh, so anyway, um before we wrap up, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe below. You can also support this podcast by rating and reviewing on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Keep listening because this kind of stuff that um, I talk about helps you in your business, helps you prosper, helps you sleep better at night, and just helps you run a more successful business. And 
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Greg McAfee Show. No spaces, no underscores. And um, be sure to tune in next week, which we will then talk about I'm a small business. Why do I need to brand? Thank you for listening. And as always, carry on and have a great day.